My name is Drew. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm just as nervous as you are that we're going to hear that sound again. It's going to scare all of us. It's great to be with you on this Ash Wednesday. This is my first Ash Wednesday being a part of Church of the Incarnation, and I'm very grateful to share this time with you. Imagine with me for a moment that you are a parent of a little child. And this little child means the world to you. But you've just lost him in a huge crowd of a big event. And you look everywhere, but you can't find him. And you retrace your steps. Still no sign of him. You ask everyone around you who looks even remotely friendly whether they've seen him. But nobody can help you. So you start to panic, right? And your imagination starts to run wild with all of the awful things that could happen to your little boy apart from you. But right when you're about to sink in to despair and give up, you get an idea. It's a last resort. It's a pretty risky move. But your little boy's worth it. So you immediately begin to take action. You work your way into the center of the crowd. You wait until the quietest, most solemn moment of the occasion, whatever occasion is being held. And at that moment, you stretch out your arms, make yourself as visible as possible, and you shout out your little boy's name at the top of your lungs as loud as you possibly can, And you plead with him to come to you. You say, Daddy's right here. Mommy's right here. It's me. Come to me. Come find me. And everybody's looking at you, but you don't care, do you? Because that little child means the world to you. And you do whatever is necessary to have him back and safe in your arms. Now, multiply that affection 10,000 times over and you begin to sense the love that our Lord Jesus has for you. He loves you more intensely, more personally, more unconditionally than than ever any parent has even had the capacity to love you. He longs for you. He pleads with you to come to him, not because he's needy or weak or insecure, but because he's the one who created us for friendship with him. In our gospel reading this evening, John chapter 7, we see that Jesus goes to great lengths to bring us back to him. John tells us in verse 37, On the last day of the feast, the greatest day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this was a risky thing for Jesus to say. 
Because not only did he say it to a culture that was on high alert for any kind of blasphemy that would be uttered, but he said it in the temple, at a religious festival, and in the presence of all the religious authorities. These people, as we saw last Sunday as when Aubrey spoke to us, these people are out now to kill him. They've already made up their minds that he has a demon. Now they're just looking for evidence to finally put him away. But it's as if Jesus cannot contain his compassion any longer. Come to me. Come to me and drink. He's echoing that passage in Isaiah 55. Maybe you've heard it before. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Isaiah is talking about a thirst for God. But when Jesus alludes to this passage, he says, if you're thirsty for God, come to me and drink. You see? It's incredibly controversial. It would be like you or I going through our worship guide for this evening and replacing every reference to God with our own name. But Jesus, as we've seen, must offer himself to the world. He's the Lamb of God, the one sent by the Father, the one who will lose no one of whom his father has given him. He's on a mission, and he's loyal to it. Can you imagine Jesus in this moment, standing in the temple? I think of his arms being stretched out as wide as they can go. I don't know if you can say, come to me, without opening your arms. He's opening his arms as wide as they can go, just as they were on the cross. And he's offering his whole self to everybody in earshot. And then with what C.S. Lewis calls those great unchanging eyes, who is he looking at? He's looking at the disciples who believe in him sometimes. He's looking at his brothers who doubt nearly everything that he says. He's looking at his enemies, the people who are confused about him, suspicious of him, afraid of him. He's looking at you and me, whether you're a Christian or a new Christian or a non-Christian, Jesus is looking at you and inviting you into the deepest most secure and empowering love that you've ever known. Will you come? Even if it's just one step closer to Jesus, will you come to him and drink? Uh, There is one condition, however. You must be thirsty. He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And drink. Now, in one sense, this doesn't rescind the invitation to anyone, right? Everybody thirsts, so everybody can come to Jesus. But of course, Jesus means something deeper here, doesn't he? 
To be thirsty doesn't just mean to want water. It means to want fulfillment and purpose and fullness. So it's not just a physiological issue. It's, it's, it's a spiritual issue. Tonight, many of you are hungry and thirsty. And your body is craving satisfaction. You're tired and you're weak. I don't see any of you falling asleep. That's good. I don't know about you, but in a moment when we kneel, I expect I'm going to have a little bit more trouble getting back up on my feet again. I had trouble walking here. I was breathing a little bit heavier. That's because our bodies need food. We were created to need food. And when we don't get it, everything gets out of whack, doesn't it? We don't just get hungry. We get hangry. And so we snap at our children. We talk back to our spouses. And then, of course, there's always the option of holding ourselves up in our room and sleeping the day away. But there are the other thirsts that we experience, too. The thirsts that everyone experiences, part of the human condition, deeper thirsts. And no matter how we try to fulfill them, we always end up feeling like something's missing. We thirst for success and fulfillment. So we overwork and then have the tendency to feel wounded at even the slightest amount of criticism. We thirst for acceptance. So we're constantly hunting for compliments and sympathy from other people. We thirst for happiness. So we purchase entertainment. We thirst for sleep. So we buy a bed. We thirst for peace. So we go on endless vacations so that we can retreat from the realities of our lives. And yet none of these thirsts can be quenched by anything or anyone but our Creator who made us and calibrated us each one of these deep thirsts that we experience. The theologian of the 5th century, St. Augustine, has said, O God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And what Augustine is saying And what Jesus is saying in his his invitation to us tonight is that our thirst, our deepest thirsts, can only be quenched by a personal relationship with Jesus. Until we discover his deep love for us, even the best meal will feel unsatisfying to us. Even the greatest vacation will make us restless the, the best promotion will leave us feeling unfulfilled. And so we enter this season of Lent. Lent gives us the opportunity to slow down, to look at our lives, and to see how we're quenching our deepest thirsts. So we give up certain foods to cultivate a hunger, a deep hunger and thirst for Christ. 
We commit ourselves to reading scripture more regularly and deeply. Some of you have ways of doing this. I know that some others of you have adopted this way of letting the scriptures be the first thing that you see in the morning and the last thing that you see at night. You put away the phone, you put away the Netflix, and you sleep in peace with the last thing your eyes having hit being the promises of God in Christ for you. And lastly, during Lent, we give ourselves to prayer. We enter into regular and deep conversation with Jesus, just like we talk to a trusted and close friend. We confess our sins to Him. We talk to Him freely about our desires and our fears. And we rest in the comfort that He gives to us. This Lent... May we give ourselves, our whole selves, to Jesus, just as he offered his whole self to us. He calls us to him. Come, ye sinners, poor and needy. He tells us through the Apostle Paul that now is the day of salvation. Now is the favorable time. What thirsts have you found to be totally unquenchable? What hunger pangs are you experiencing that never seem to go away, no matter what you do? Come to Jesus. Come and drink of Jesus and never thirst again. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.